This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. Today, we're doing part one of a two-part series on humanistic learning theory. Now, psychologists Carl Rogers and Abraham Maslow are generally thought to be the founders of modern humanistic learning theory. Now, this theory is not easily defined. There are a lot of views. However, all seem to share two overriding tenets. First, humans are, by their very nature, evolving, self-developing creatures. As such, we have a natural inclination to learn and develop fully. So, learning is enhanced when educational experiences align with these natural tendencies. And the second tenet is that the goal of education should be to enable each person to develop his or her full potential. Now, let's take a look at humanistic education. Humanistic learning theory is the theory upon which humanistic education is based. These terms are sometimes used interchangeably. So, humanistic education is a reaction to an educational system that's seen as dehumanizing. These dehumanizing elements in education include the following. First, students are often asked to be passive learners and to learn in ways that are not natural for them. As well, the things given to them to learn are often meaningless or have no connection to their lives and experiences. This is a dehumanizing condition. The second, One, manipulation is used to get students to learn and to behave in acceptable ways. Instead of building on students' natural inclination, students are manipulated by external rewards and punishments to, quote, learn, unquote, school-related things and to be compliant. What's rarely considered are the reasons why students may not want to learn or why their behaviors may be disruptive or compliant. Why are their behaviors disruptive and non-compliant? Why? And the third dehumanizing element in education is the one-dimensionality. This view is perpetuated. Only the cognitive dimension of students' humanity is recognized, ignored in classrooms and curriculum are the many aspects that make us human. Our creativity, our imagination, transcendence, curiosity, social natures, and our emotional dimensions. These are ignored in our curriculums and classrooms and standards and standardized tests. The fourth dehumanizing element is that humans and human learning are too often described in terms of numbers. Experiences, traits, endeavors, and achievement that can't be quantified and compared are thought not to exist or to be of little value. This quantification of the educational experience is often used to compare students to a mythical norm. Such quantification creates winners and losers as students find themselves above or below this mythical average. And the fifth dehumanizing condition in current educational systems is that only traditional ways of knowing and being in the world are seen to be of worth. Views that do not align with the traditional perspective are seen to be of lesser importance 
norms and values that do not reflect the dominant culture are diminished or ignored. Only the history that tells the story of the advantage group is seen as being worth repeating. So, humanistic education. This views learning in terms of personal growth and the development of each person's full potential. Growth and development here occur not just on the intellectual level, but on the emotional, psychological, creative, social, and physical level. Within this context, five goals of humanistic education are identified. One, facilitate the development of fully functioning, self-actualized human beings who have the capacity to nurture themselves, others, and their environments. Number two, the second goal is to instill a joy of learning and a desire to be lifelong learners. The third goal of humanistic education is to promote the discovery of each student's passions, special talents, and abilities. The fourth goal of humanistic education is to teach the knowledge and skills necessary for students to be good decision makers and effective problem solvers. And number five, the fifth goal of humanistic education is to enable students to be responsible world citizens who are able to contribute to democratic societies. Now, let me clear up a common misconception about humanistic education. Humanist, humanistic education does not dismiss or diminish academic learning. Indeed, when correctly implemented, humanistic education complements and enhances academic learning, intellectual growth, and the development of academic skills. This occurs by making personal connections with the curriculum to students' lives and experiences to the greatest extent possible. When this occurs, students learn more and learn more deeply. In other words, academic learning enables students to develop the knowledge and skills necessary to thrive in the world in which they exist, and it provides a context for personal growth. This ends part one of this two-part series on humanistic learning theory.